Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. The island of Yim Din Jai is a short ferry trip from Sai Kung and adjacent to a public golf course at Khao Sai Chow. For the next few months, you can travel to Yim Din Jai to see some beautiful art installations throughout the village, one of a series of art festivals and exhibitions that have been taking place there over the past few years. Yim Din Jai's history is an interesting one. The Hakka villagers came from China about 300 years ago and were salt makers. The Chans, who make up the indigenous villagers, are all Catholic and Hakka, and there is a statue to the priest who brought Catholicism to them. I'm looking forward to going back to Yim Din Jai shortly to have a look at the artwork on show for the next few months. But, in fact, the two programmes that you'll be hearing now are from two trips I made there last November with architect Anna Kwong and retired structural engineer Philip Kwok. Only a few people actually live full-time in the houses in the village. The rest live in Sai Kung or further afield. But they all go back during the day and on weekends and help to restore the houses. Architect Anna Kwong has been involved in the village for the past 20 years and restored the village chapel on the hill. She and others also helped to revitalise the salt-making traditions of the village, a craft that had lain dormant for decades, and we'll hear about later in the programme. So, when I visited last year, I started off by attending a grave-sweeping ceremony with a number of Chan relatives at an ancestral grave situated on the golf course at Khao Sai Chow. Philip Kwok gave me a bit of background. We are in the Khao Sai Chow golf course. They have got the graveyard of the Chen family in the golf course. Uh, the reason is that historically, the Chen family moved between the island of Yin Tian Zai and the island of Khao Sai Chow for farming. That is why they just moved between the two places. And then historically, in fact, there was very little people in Khao Sai Island. So somehow, for feng shui reason, the Chen family has chosen to have their family graveyard in Khao Sai Zhou. And then later on, the jockey club is financing the government well, to have a large golf course in the island of Khao Sai Zhou. And then somehow, without informing the Chen family, the golf course has included the Chen graveyard in the golf course. And then, well... Uh, so, so what happened to the graves? Right. And then the, the, the Chen family raised objection. Yes, fair enough. Right. Uh, and then, well, the, the golf course then negotiated with the Chen family. And then the compromise is that the Chen graveyard will stay on. And then the Chen family may come to the uh, golf course for remembrance of their ancestors as necessary, uh, provided they make prior appointment with the golf course. So they the Chans are here today in yes, force. Yes, yes, right, right. <laughs> that is why the, the Chen family come here to pay remembrance to their ancestors. So Anna, we were just at the grave sweeping. Yes, so that was also that was, yes, and we're just heading off on a golf buggy. <laughs> Do you know this is my? I think my first time in a golf buggy. So here we are. So what island are we on at the moment? Gao Sai Zhou. And uh, so we're now heading down to the ferry to go over to the other island. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We are now on the way down the down the hill, going to the pier, and then the boat, the jockey club boat, 
will carry us to the uh, Yimtinzai, to the island of Yimtinzai. Now, um, it's a beautiful day for the, the grave sweeping. So what, can you just tell me a little bit about the ceremony just now? Uh, the ceremony is actually a hybrid of the uh, Hakka Catholic, because they are, they are all the Chang's clan villages. They are all Catholics, so it's a hybrid. But despite that, we still have the um, roast pork. We still have the chicken. We still have we still offer the in, uh, the incense, you know. So we offer it to the to the ancestors. Yeah. So it is a hybrid of the Hakka Catholic and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So a bit of a mishmash. Yes, a mishmash. Yes. <laughs> but it's so nice to be a part of that today. So that happens once a year. Yes, that is an an annual event. So here we are at the pier. Yeah, here we are. Yes. The pier, yes. So the, today, what's the mix of people? So you've got people coming in from abroad. Yeah, we have people coming. We have people coming from the local, from the, um, from the, uh, what we call the Aboriginal, uh, villages. Uh, so the indigenous, yeah. Yes, indigenous yeah. villages. And then we have outside people coming in. So also, you know, the group of us who have been helping the villagers in the past 20 years. And then there are some international Chang's Clan Association, which comes from overseas. Yeah, they were having their photographs just done in yes, front of the grave yes, just now. Yes, yes. And uh, But what I found interesting there was you had the flowers, the incense, as expected. And that was interesting that you have a whole load of incense sticks sort of lit up by a blowtorch. Yes, yes. I enjoyed the modernity yes, of that. Yes, remember, you know, because the sticks, they are not related to um, religion, no. but rather to culture. Yes, yes. yes. So... Uh, so it was a mix, but that, that was, was elements mix, of yes. Catholic prayer. Yes, I saw yes. and then we have yeah. prayers, and then we have the sign of the cross. Yes. So it is a hybrid, a mix of everything, yes. And uh, But I also noticed uh, in amongst the usual chicken, the pig that's been roasted and, and placed in front on a tray, there was also uh, people had gathered golf balls ahead and actually used the golf balls as part uh, yeah. next to the flowers. Yes, because this is a golfing ground, and then uh, actually because the golfing ground, actually uh, when Jockey Club first, you know, started the um, golfing um, a clubhouse, golfing putty greens and everything, they have some negotiation with the villagers. Yes. Yes. And these, uh, these turn out to be quite a long and... Uh, a bit contentious. Yes, a bit, yes. And leading to some legal exercise or something. But later, of, of course, you know, it was settled amicably. And then, therefore, the villagers and the jockey club, they are now in very good relationship. I was going to say today, I've just been on a jockey club golf buggy. And yeah. uh, also, they're providing the, the boats today. Because yeah. what also, also interested me, I don't play golf. I know nothing about golf. But today is that this is a public this is golf a public, course. Yes. Yes. This is a public golf course. The jockey club will make sure that, you know, everybody can participate, everybody has a share, and this is, a uh, this is golf course, it's open to the public, to everybody in Hong Kong. So we headed over to Yim Din Jai on a small ferry. On the pier, when you arrive, is a superb, large and flowing wooden, I would say bench, but that's a bit of an understatement. I'll let Philip explain. So the name of this artwork is called Flowing Wave and walking cloud. The theme is following some wavy pattern of flowing water as well as well dead in the sky. And then well uh, the it is functional. Uh, it is it's some sort of sofa. And then the material 
years are made from three fallen trees that has fallen during the typhoon Nasi, where there are huge uh, trees. So uh, the material is local from the island. And then the artist has very intelligently used the fallen tree and then reuse it for renovation purposes. It is sitting on a concrete plinth. So from the engineering point of view, it's very stable. <laughs> you like it from a civil, yes, yes, yes. civil engineering and perspective. And then <laughs> well uh, from the user one. point of view, yeah. you may sit over there or, or else you, you may even lie down there and yeah. sleep. I enjoy this very much. And in fact, <laughs> Anna is currently, we must yes, get a photo yes. of that, Anna right, is right, showing right, to us right. how to how to lie on it. So this sculpture represents wave and cloud. It's made yes, of two yes. two trees. Yes, yes, yes. Two trees that were brought down by Typhoon Mankut right, in 2018. Right. It symbolises the unrelenting effort and the strong will of the villagers to live alongside the nature. Moreover, this work also shows the humanitarian spirit that even though a big tree may fall, its will is still there. And, oh, well, that's a lovely message, isn't yes. it? The only full-time inhabitants on the island are a retired couple who've decided to make Yim Din Jai their home. He's a retired chef. She's a retired nurse called Carrie. They've restored two village houses made into one home. For them, their dogs, cats and two parrots. They were the two inhabitants, you know, in the night time, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, know because this, whole... is, this is the amazing thing. We've seen lots of people today, yeah. but in fact, there's only about five yeah, people but, but who five, live here. But, yes. but around, around five o'clock, which is the last ferry, going back to the Saikong, the island will be left uninhabited. And then these two, this couple, uh, happens to be... So you they're know, not Hakka, they're not Chan? They are not Hakka, they are not Hakka. Mm -hmm. They were outsiders, actually. Yeah, they are uh, Mr. and Mrs. Liu, you know. And um, Mr. Liu is a retired chef. Mrs. Liu is a retired nurse. I moved in Imtin 10 years before, and when I first come in, there's nobody here already. All the village is abandoned. And me and my husband just love this place because it's close to the sea. So we can see, we, we can, we can always look at the sea. So we try to rebuild the house and keep the originals. Yeah, you've done an excellent job of restoring. <laughs> so we've got the staircase going. It's a typical hacker house. Yeah, this is yes. the original. So you've original taken two one. houses. Yeah, yeah, there's two houses. Then we had dogs and cats, and we love the pace in here. And here you've got a peacock. Yeah, not peacock, it's parrot. Parrot. <laughs> yeah, parrot. And uh, so you've got two parrots outside. So can you tell me your name? Uh, Carrie. First we move in. I'm still working as a nurse. My husband is just retired. So he's a retired chef? Yeah. Yeah, so he, we, f at first we come here, we don't want to do the business, just want to take, uh, take a break. So, um, he do the house, he, um, uh, he build the house and he, we, sometimes we go to fishing, swimming and farming and just enjoy the life. Now, I noticed also you were describing to me how you also grow herbs. Yeah, we try to, because we live in here, we have to grow some some herbs and some vegetables so as to meet the environment, Yeah, to match the environment in here. So we grow some herbs, so that makes farm to table like that. Yeah, absolutely. And now you asked me to taste one earlier, <laughs> which was really nice. It had a sweetness about it. I didn't know it. What, what's that? It's called Dai Tong, how do you say it? 
I don't know that in English it is. Ah,、uh, doitong.、Uh, it is、uh, called the um that sugar tablets for those diabetes. Ah, yeah. yeah. That 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 vegetable is making of that. Later, if you go to the church, you can see my farm is just at the back of the church. So you grow all sorts of different types of vegetables. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Herbs yeah. You decided that you didn't want city life anymore. Yeah, sure. It's totally different when you、uh, you can you can tell, right?、Mm. <laughs> We really enjoyed it with the cats and dogs and birds. <laughs> and you're quite good at interior design. I mean, you've you've kept、um, things、That's、very traditional. That's my husband, not me. Yeah,、uh, I don't know. I mean, very good with the woodwork. So, I mean, this is a, a hacker house that we've stepped in, and、um, I lived in a hacker house for about five years near、huh. Taipo,、uh-huh. and、um, so this is yeah,、uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you've kept it. You know, with this, so it's the idea. I mean, mine actually had a fake roof in it when you、uh-huh. went up the the steps. So I had a second floor, but here you've got it in proper style, where you've got the light coming in from the top, and then what yeah, would you call this? You're the architect. Yeah, it's just yeah. the balustrade going round, isn't it? The balcony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we we just like to see the roof. So、yeah. when we first come,、uh, this the second floor. So. We, If we stay here, we cannot see the roof, right?、Yes. So we just get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this is more. This is more how it should be, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see, you see the the wood here. This is the old one, the round shape, and this is the square one. Is the new one. We try to keep the original one, but most of them cannot keep it anymore.、No. So you just see the difference from here. Now, can you introduce me to your parents? <laughs> <laughs> you had the same door in your house. Yes, yes.、The、I called them the sort of like stable yeah, doors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah those yeah, big ones. He What's he saying? Yeah, yeah. singing.、Um, London Bridge is falling down. Is it really? Yes. Ah.、Oh. oh yes, with the big padlock that comes across. Not padlock.、Um, a piece of wood that you insert. Yes. Oh, that no, that reminds me. It's so cool once you, yeah. These these old stone houses really do、uh, stay cool in the heat. So tell me about your parrots. Hello. Hello. An enjoyable exchange with two parrots. Philip, Anna, and I left Carrie to head on through the village. So tell me about your involvement here. I'm Philip Kwok. Well, I have been working with the buildings department of the government of Hong Kong as an engineer. But all way long, well, being a、uh, structural engineer, I have helped the、uh, diocese of Roman Catholic in Hong Kong to help、uh, in the steering committee for building new church buildings and new school buildings, as well as maintenance of buildings、uh, of church buildings and school buildings. And then I retired from the government in year. Twenty、uh, thirteen, and then after that, I'm supposed well to enjoy my life, but then well, different people,、uh, friends and、uh, priests in in the diocese call me around. 
saying that, well, uh, can you help with something like this? And you can. No, no time to relax. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. We need your help and support, okay? So, it's by chance that, well, Anna invited me to be a volunteer structural engineer for the various projects in the island of Yimtinjai. And then, well, uh, the major involvement is in the uh, reconstruction of the old salt pans in the island. I find that project very meaningful because, say, 100 years ago, the villagers in Hong Kong, in fact, uh, did produce sea salt. I was going to say, I mean, here, it would have, would it yes. have gone back hundreds of years? Yes. The largest salt pans in Hong Kong is in Tai O, in Nantau Island. And then this is a small area. But being small, it means that it's easier to run away the old salt pans and convert them into what we can do well, in producing salts. Before I, uh, I came to this project, well, the original plan was just too aggressive. The funding required is a huge amount. Yeah. And then, well, to be realistic, well, uh, all these projects need to tie in with the budget. Yes. That project is to reconstruct the salt pans in the island. So, so how do you do that? Step number one, get the very old records as far as possible. Get the map of the island, consult the villagers and try to get some old records. That's point number one. Uh, go to other places where there are salt pans oh, yes. and carry so, out some study. So within Hong Kong or elsewhere? No, outside Hong Kong. Ah, where yeah. did you go? We went to Taiwan, we went to Shanwei, Taiwan, we went to Tainan, where they have developed the salt pan to a very uh, advanced stage. They even have a museum there called the Salt Museum where they have different types of salt, including not only the sea salt, but rock salt, and also salt in various fragrance, various colors, <laughs> oh, wow. and various size, the crystals, the yes. salt crystals. And then we also went uh, to Shanwei, which is near the Fujian province. You know? So this was all your salt research. Now the advantage of this area, which is something that is free of charge. Yes. So here at Yim Tin yes. Jai, the water is quite clean. Yes. Yes. Very clean because zero population. Yes, so well, that helps. No, <laughs> yes. Don't, there was no way, no pollution will discharge to the to the seas to the sea water around. Yeah. My Chinese name is, is Yip Chen Lap. So maybe because uh, my middle name is Chen, so God sent me here <laughs> to make salt. The ancestor found this village about 300 years ago because they know how to make salt and uh, they decided to uh, stay here. So where would they have traveled from? Uh, they are from China. They've been living in Hunan and also salt field uh, or Yim Tin village. We suppose they, they got the technology of uh, salt production in Yim Tin uh, village and then they bring along the family travel from Shatokok up to this uh, uh, island. And when they arrive this island, they find this island is very ideal for sub-production because they find this piece of land, well, more or less about six acres. It's in between high tide and low tide. 
So in the old days, how to uh, input of seawater for salt production, mainly based on uh, tidal. Okay, during high tide water will cover this piece of land and during low tide all water will retreat back to the sea. So they built about 50 meter long dam along the uh, two gorges over there and they also established uh, two water gates to control the water coming in here. And they've been carrying on doing production for 200 years. And within this uh, 200 years, something happened, say up to uh, about 150 years ago, when the missionaries come over to Saikong and turn all the villages into Catholics. So this is a, besides, uh, say, salt production, also well known as a Catholic village. When you produce the salt, now that, that uh, the village has returned to its uh, salt-making heritage, really, what are the challenges? I mean, it's not just a matter of take it out of the sea and dry it, is it? Uh, well, see, there's a lot of know-how behind. See, when our quick designer, Philip and Anna, they <laughs> come and help uh, this village to revitalize this salt pond uh, because, uh, see, there's a gap. See, I think in the, up to the early 70s, uh, in the last centuries, all pro uh, production of salt in Hong Kong were abandoned. I think the last one is in uh, Tai O, Lantau Island. And that means when they have the idea to revitalize this salt pond, uh, it's more or less like 40 to 50 years. Nobody is doing uh, salt production. So they have to input know-how from foreign countries. Like they go to uh, mainland China, go to Taiwan to learn how uh, salt is made in a traditional way and bring this uh, technology here. So can you explain the system? First of all, input of seawater, so during high tide, so they bring water in. Uh, into We have a storage tank here, so when the seawater arrives, the storage tank, so we let it uh, store temporarily. And then the second stage is uh, evaporation. And evaporation, well, just make it simple. So we take the water away from the seawater, so that means the salt will be remain there. Uh, but we cannot do in one pond. We have to separate that into several evaporation ponds. So we transfer the seawater every two to three days in one pond. So until the end of the day, the salinity of the seawater will increase uh, more or less like 10 times than the ordinary seawater. Then the concentration will be good enough for crystallization. Then we, we can get the salt after more or less like two weeks if weather conditions are uh, So what I mean what weather conditions, first of all, no rain. Secondly, we need sunny days, uh, that means temperature. Uh, low humidity, that's, uh, we need dry weather. And also gentle winds. So if these four weather conditions meets, then of course we need some salt worker stationed here. Yes. So with this five... Uh, Is it quite labor intensive? Yeah, <laughs> labor intensive, very, very... Which would you prefer, making salt or growing rice? Uh, both is not my Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay, so well, see, uh, you can see how hard. Uh, I mean, this Hakka lady uh, working uh, down there. Probably we, it takes about uh, two weeks from seawater turning into salt if uh, the above four weather condition meets. So in between, if uh, we meet the uh, visible weather, like cloudy days or, well, say the worst, if we meet the uh, uh, rains, then uh, this uh, process will be extend. And extend how long? Nobody tells. Now, if I buy salt from Yim Din Jai, what's yep. special about it? Well, okay, this is uh, a natural 
sea salt with a traditional uh, production way. So why we need to make it in a traditional way? Because uh, in the seawater, there's a lot of trace minerals, or we call it trace elements. Say in the modern technology salt production, they will only give you sodium chlorides. So that means you got something salty. But say all these trace uh, elements will be gone. Say if this, uh, if you don't intake this trace element uh, for a certain time, then your antibody will be weakened, uh-huh. and you will easily get uh, sick. Oh, really? So, so this is better for you? Yeah. Well, say I would say we today's human being is taking very, very much. Uh, say we find this food. So we better take more natural salt. Uh, I mean natural food. So uh, natural sea salt is one of the uh, element. But it also fits in with this village. I mean, we've got organic vegetables over here, natural salt here. How do you make it commercial, though? Because that's a challenge, isn't it? Is it? I mean, is it just to be sold to the villagers, or are you able to sell outside? Uh, okay, the uh, main objection for us to uh, to produce salt here again is to bring the tradition of this village back to revitalize the, the culture and also revitalize the salt production culture of Hong Kong because once uh, salt production in Hong Kong is a very major industry. Yeah, I mean, didn't we have to pay taxes to the... In the old days, yeah. uh, you have to pay tax. So that's why they give it up 100 years ago yeah. because uh, about 100 years ago, when, say, the colony government uh, take over the new ter- territories, they find, say, this piece of land is uh, uh, for salt production. So maybe they come here to ask for, for tax. Oh, the British did that as well. I just, yeah, thought, yeah, it was, yeah. I just thought it was the Qing Dynasty. And uh, I think all over the world, government uh, say uh, demand income from, from, from salt. So do you know Latin? No. No? Okay. So I can tell you two words. I went to co- what's called okay. comprehensive salt. school. How do you spell salt? S-A-L-T. I can do that. And uh, say at the end of the month, you will take salary. S-A-L. Ah. Okay. Uh, salt and salary, they're the same in Latin. Really? Uh, okay, so so well, say uh, because uh, salt is a daily necessity of uh, the majorities. So if government control salt, that means like uh, say centuries ago, government uh, control liquor, uh, cigarette. So they have a very sound income. Now, how come David Yip makes salt? Is that where did your career go be earlier? I'm dealing with uh, mechanical things. Uh, almost all my life. Mechanics and uh, optical uh, for almost uh, 40 years. Right. So a few years ago, I, I tried, I, I tell myself that I got to find something to do. Uh, but I mean, I think it's amazing. So all of you are volunteers? Yes. Uh, you may say that, but uh, anyway, I, I got the income uh, right. from here, thanks to, for the generosity of uh, our leaders. Actually, I got to find something to do, uh, say, after my retirement. So uh, my friend bring me in here, and uh, I love this environment very, very much. So I started as a volunteer to remove all the wild uh, registrations. And then it, later on, uh, they asked me to become uh, one of the uh, docent, uh, one of the guide here. And after that, and they say the in charge of the salt pan got to go back to their own work and ask me if I'm interested to take uh, take over the job. So uh, after I raised my hand and I got trapped here for t- four years. Uh, let's say about even back to three or four years ago, people ask what's my job. I will, I will tell them I'm a, a, a traveler. I'm a traveler and I travel quite frequent, say when I take over the salt pan to visit the other salt pan overseas, like in Japan, in Taiwan, 
in UK, in France, uh, in Australia. Because uh, there were really some relics that still operate. Say, like in France, they have Sopan, has a history of something like uh, 1,200, 1,500 years, but still workable. And they don't change anything. My thanks to David Ip, Anna Kwong, Philip Kwok and Carrie Tun. If you'd like more details about the Yimdinjai Art Festival, then type that literally into Google and the website will come up. So that's the Yimdinjai Art Festival. I also suggest that you actually go to Yimdinjai by taking a boat from Saikung. It's so well worth the visit. In the second part of this two-part program next week, I join an American artist to hear how she uses the salt in her art. Also, Philip and Anna talk me through how the chapel was restored. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.